0: hello 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 everyone how are you hope you're having a beautiful beautiful day and may peace be upon you thank you thank you thank you for watching my show this is your host dr istiha jamil and today i have the inspirational the beautiful the courageous farah smith who is a life coach entrepreneur and activist and she also has her charity that
1: protects Marine Wildlife. farah darling. Welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here with you. Thank you. It's my absolute pleasure. And farah and I have been tagging each other
0: <laughs> um on social media and little yes. that we know that we're actually neighbor in the sense that we live <laughs> quite. Uh, not not too far from each other we can literally be with each other within you know driving a short driving distance
1: I'm like yes. hello neighbor I know it's so nice There's very few people in LA right now so it's exciting <laughs> especially how we met it was an international community so it's very exciting to know we're so close to each other
0: absolutely and today Far and I we're going to be talking about uh a really how would I say, really important, not just important topic, but it can be life-changing. It certainly is for me. It certainly is um, for Farah. And Farah also works um, with teens, helping them coaching through um, their their lives and their confidence. And we're going to be sharing about the power of rejections. Certainly the perception of it, was on the other side of it, and what you have to go through throughout the rejection. It can be heartbreaking um, having that rejection. So Farah, in your TED Talk, um, first of all, you talked about um, some aspects of this. So let's kind of like touch a couple of things, um, especially about perception. When people um, take a look at you or people take a look at other people, there is the perception, or I call it the preconceived notion, instantly, oh, she's bad because of this, this, and this. So talk us through what kind of like triggered that aspect in you and
1: how has that in a way impacted your life? Absolutely. The sole reason I want to be a coach is because of what happened to me in high school. Mm. I went to my guidance counselor and asked why she forced everyone else to take typing, but not me. And she looked at me and said, oh, I didn't know you planned on going to college. And I just felt like that was, you know, I felt like she didn't see any potential in me because Mm -hmm. of how I looked and, and my gregarious personality. There was this perception that I wouldn't want to further my education or couldn't further my education. And to have someone like that not see potential in you, at least that's how I took it, really impacted me. And then another teacher thankfully came in and said, it's not that you're not smart. It's that you're not interested. Once you determine what you truly passionate about, work hard, you'll be able to accomplish anything. So she, she saw something in me, gave me the power of a growth mindset, and that changed the trajectory of my life. And so I'm absolutely devoted and committed to doing that for other teens because adults plant seeds in our head at a young age. And, the, and they kind of put these ideas of what we're capable of and what we're not. And we live up to those perceptions. But that's not OK. That's not our truth. So I want to help teens understand their truth. And sometimes I think I should be called the rejection coach because I've experienced so much rejection <laughs> and, and perception issues that I have a lot. To offer on that and to show them you just got to keep pushing forward. So, I don't know if you want examples or, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking because it's not a coincidence today that
0: you're wearing the UCLA shirt, right? Like, kind Absolutely. of like, hey, Frank, like I got in, like, yes. this yes. is what I, I paid for. And what you touch about, you know, like adults or when younger, look, I still remember what my teacher told me when I was in elementary school yes. and then they high school and how how can in in that moment that's the tunnel vision that we have right oh you this or you that and and because they're someone who is respected that we respect them we take that as um the holy grail oh yeah that is my life for the next 50 years so in your experience Farai, how can we um either as a parent or as a, a teenager itself Um, kind of break through that pattern. And if you can say one thing to your teenage teenage little girl or younger little self, what would you say to kind of break through that pattern? Because adults have this thing to say, I know what's best for you. Yeah. Not really.
1: Well, it's interesting you say that because I just created a limiting belief questionnaire for my mindset masterclass I'm releasing at the end of the month. And it's, let's find out what that core limiting belief, I'm not worthy, I'm not capable, Mm -hmm. I'm not loving, whatever it may be, because it's going to follow you through life. Because this is the thing, mindset's not a destination. You know, you you have to work on it throughout your life. So at a young age, what was the seed that was planted? Who planted Mm -hmm. it there? What's the proof that it's true? What's the proof that it's not true? And you know, how can I argue this? Because our thoughts are not facts. So once mm-hmm. I kind of identify that core limiting belief that's holding them back, mm-hmm. they can catch it, you know, they can mm-hmm. catch it and course correct. So I'm a true believer in being very self-aware and very mindful because I still have that in me, what that mm-hmm. teacher did. Mm-hmm. Actually, both those women have stayed in my head my whole life when I'm trying to prove wrong and when I'm trying to prove right. But when you center yourself and you're grounded in, in the present moment and who you truly are, you can say, mm-hmm. no, that little voice. I'm not going to listen to that because that's not my truth. And just learn to question it and be aware of it and never beat yourself up for having it. Just Mm -hmm. let it float right by. I see you. I know you're from my childhood. We're going to keep it moving. We're going to keep it moving. So I think being self-knowing, being self-aware, and then challenging and moving on. What so you being do.
0: knowing being self-aware right so take it to this present moment for the women that are listening to this conversation right now being self-aware that okay what I choose to listen what I choose not to listen what I choose to be the truth what I choose not to be the truth now coming into that and facing rejection it's not yeah. easy Farah whether it's-, it's in your career whether it's a relationship whether it's from your family members and rejection is gonna happen in different aspects of life. But how can we stay true to our truth, stay true to our dream, to to have that whatever, like our dream, even when the world says no, like for example, your TED Talk, right? When you're applying to become a tech speaker, um, there's a possibility that you will say no you know, several times over from different organizers, different people. I know I was say no to nine times. I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a failure, kind of like. But there's something that kept you going. There's something that kept me going. So what is that thing when people say no to you? How can we stand up? Like Lady Gaga said in an Oscar winning speech with a black Valentino dress, it is not about winning. It's about how many times you get up and fight. So Absolutely. tell us what a thing that we can be a fighter, even when
1: we don't feel like it. Yeah, there's a couple of things. Well, first of all, I, the reason it was titled The Power em- Embracing Rejection, mm-hmm. because we're all going to be rejected. Correct. And so if you know that going into it, it's like, okay, the key here is to stay true to my why, which is the core yeah. purpose behind my passion. So if I know what I'm passionate about, and we were just discussing this a little bit ago, if I stay on that path, but I'm a little flexible with the what and how. So Mm -hmm. you have to be open to pivoting in life and Mm -hmm. just knowing it's redirecting you to something better. Like I said, Mm -hmm. in my talk, if you hear no, or you get rejected, find your bigger and better yes. As long Mm -hmm. as you have direction for your core purpose and passion, you'll find your perfect what and how, but you have to be patient again. I mean, this goes all the way back to my childhood.
0: Mm.
1: I, went to volunteer at a facility, a non-lockdown facility for youth, and they said, you're a distraction. We need you to leave. And this is all I wanted to do was work with troubled youth. And I Mm -hmm. had to fight with the female director to say, because the perception was blonde sorority girl, you know, and I'm like, no, this is, this is all I want to do is help kids. Please let me stay. And thankfully she did, Mm -hmm. but that was just the beginning. And many times of, the wrong perception. Even at even at Sea Shepherd, which was my dream job, the charity, a lot right. of people thought I got the job for the wrong reasons, which really mm-hmm. broke my heart. Mm. You, know, you have to know, again know your truth. Like I deserve this job. I belong to be here. I earned this place. And I'm the noise is not. You know, I'm not going to let the noise get to yeah. me. I know who I am, and that's what matters. Um, but I've been rejected so much. Like you said, I'm wearing UCLA. Because when I was rejected from UCLA, I'm like, well, I just have to work harder, get some better grades at a community college and apply again. I didn't even get into Ohio University right away. I had to be waitlisted and start in the winter quarter. So and you mentioned, you know, PR, no one would hire me in PR, then no one would hire me in a nonprofit. And I've just always been like, okay, here we go again. It's almost like if something happens for me, you know, right. The first time I'm like, well, that was a little too (laughs) easy. (laughs) I was expecting to be rejected the first or second time. And you make a good point on the TEDx because they, there are people that have been rejected, even in our group that we met 80 to hundred times, Mm -hmm. you just have to say, I'm going to be rejected and I'm going to keep doing this until I get my yes. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that acceptance of this may be part of the process, but I'm not going to give up. It doesn't hit you as hard. It's like, okay, I wasn't meant for that one. I'm just going to keep trying. So I think the more you've been rejected, the more resilient you are, which is a whole, I have a whole um, module in my course about resilience and it's all about rejection because I think you need to be prepared for failure and rejection to succeed and reach your highest potential. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And I feel that rejection is also kind of like um, a tweaking to the right place that you're meant to be. Um, like for my tech talk, nine tons, right? But yes. the perfect one, the 10th one was the perfect yes for me. It's exactly what I wanted. And I'm giving up at number two and number three. I wouldn't have that mm-hmm. um, experience. And what I, I really like what you're saying, kind of like, look, this is my dream. This is my true purpose. This is where my uh, GPS, my compass is guiding yes. me towards. And no matter what the world says, if I stay true to that course, I stay loyal to a fight for it, it's going to happen no matter what the world says. So have you kind of like experienced, obviously you have gone through mm-hmm. it because here's the thing, people let like the world or society wherever it dictates what their dream is. So how can we have that faith? Is there a story that you can share? Like, look, yes. people say, I'm this, I'm this, do this, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to, Do this which you shared with your teacher earlier I don't think you've got the aspiration uh, to go to college but in a way that if you decide what your world is going to look like it's going to happen you know at some point or the other can you kind of like give us some tips to have that whether it's resilient or have that faith in yourself First and foremost.
1: Yeah. Well, one of my favorite speeches, and I hope everyone looks it up, is Steve Jobs' The Power of Connecting the Dots. It was his Stanford University speech. And I'm a true believer, and I reflect back always of what rejection and failure got me to where I am now. So that when I'm moving forward, it's almost the hero's journey as well. It's like, well, I've been here before, and this kind of, you know, the path to success isn't linear. That's just Mm -hmm. a fact, you know. And so you're going to go on these windy roads and As long as you keep moving forward, you're going to end up at your desired destination. But like you just said, you have to be flexible. So with Sea Shepherd, when I wanted to go to a nonprofit, no one would interview me even because you need two Mm -hmm. years experience. And I just was not going to give up. And then I kept thinking land animals and that wasn't working out. And then I discovered uh, this show, Whale Wars, which was all about saving marine wildlife. And I had Mm -hmm. never considered ocean conservation and marine wildlife. But at the end of the day, my purpose and passion is helping animals. So once I remembered the core purpose and passion, I realized it doesn't really matter if it's, you know, land or sea or whatever it may be. So I had to learn to be a little flexible in my vision of how that was going to manifest and play out. Mm -hmm. And once I did that, I landed my dream job at my favorite charity. So I think not being so rigid And trusting a little bit, you know, we both are believers in that. You have to trust a little bit that, that, you know, it will unfold, may not unfold in the time you want, you know, in the, on the timetable you want and maybe necessarily how you envisioned it, but just fight for the future you want. You will get there.
0: Yes. And the flexibility of it, right. The dynamic, oh, maybe I need to go. Uh, It was, it was a straight line.
1: We'll all go to heaven straight away.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes. Well, I always say that there's very few people you admire that have a story of, you know, easy to success. No, it's struggle Mm -hmm. to success. And so I always, always recommend to teens and adults go read, go read people's Mm -hmm. bios, go look about Mm -hmm. their history, look up the people you admire. Everyone has had to overcome something. And, you know, and that's why I decided to talk about my anxiety and depression. That was Mm -hmm. terrifying. I could Mm -hmm. count on one hand how many people knew about that when I decided to do my TEDx. And I was terrified. Were people going to judge me? Were they going to reject me? Were they going to think I wasn't as smart or successful or capable? And I just had to be like, you know what? If I have succeeded at the level I have with anxiety and depression, that actually makes me really strong. And Mm -hmm. I have to be proud of that. And I also have to inspire the younger generation, whether it's, socioeconomic background, the type of things you've dealt with anxiety and depression. We all have something that we feel like might have a little shame around, but if we own it as our truth, we can actually make it feel us, we feel stronger and more capable and we're more relatable and more inspiring. So I just wish more people would kind of take that, you know, Brene Brown calls it the shame shadow, kind of take mm-hmm. that shame shadow, put it out front. Own it and be like, "This is who I am." It's like what you did. Okay, please tell your story in case people haven't heard it. I cried at your TEDx. It was so powerful. So please tell people about what you did because I want everyone to know and hear this. Oh, thank you
0: so much. Uh, That's the thing—is it about vulnerability? Like, who wants to put all the shame out there? Like with me, like I shared in my TED talk coming to America. Um, just moving to America obviously it's the the, uh, dream thing isn't it coming to dream the American dream coming in someone knocks at the door my daughter and I was like mommy someone's at the door we go open it no one was there look down the the screen passed it back I'm like what on earth is this and then suddenly it couldn't be open it the smell was atrocious but I can literally smell it now right and what breaks my heart is that when my daughter is like, Mommy, why are you doing this to us? She mm-hmm. doesn't understand what people are doing this yes. to us. But I go to Whole Foods, right? Whole Foods. Like, this is not some up to down yes. market, like Whole yes. Foods. You know, t- I wanted to get some dates. Um, and then another shopper, middle-aged white guy, says to me, are you a Muslim? Yes, <laughs> I am. Well, I've read the Quran. It says that killing in the name of Islam is permissible. Are you gonna blow yourself up? And then I'm thinking, hang on a minute, dude. Do you even have a big? Like <laughs> cause, wow. cause it's just a shock. that I've, I lived in England before. If you can tell us it's a little bit of an English accent there. Yes. <laughs> I, I haven't but in America, it's like it's, it's a diff, it's just a different kind of experience. And talking about it just give me that like you had the anxiety, the fear. Which is not easy to navigate through, because who who am I going to speak to? My mom and dad are a thousand miles away. That's just me and my husband and my kids. I don't even know if it's safe to go out, right? But I think Farah, that is the thing when you put it out there, just like you said, that vulnerability mm-hmm. is what makes us so attractive. Yes, because we're no longer robots. Mm-hmm. we have connection you shared about your anxiety and uh, the state of mental health that you've you've gone through and still are you know still in uh, going through uh, now and then hang on a minute she's just like me Farah is just like me I've got the cheetah hijab today <laughs> Farah. You know? but I'm like hang on a minute Farah is just like me I can relate to her like she's yes. gone through all this rejection, she's yes. gone through people thinking her
1: like this. But we're a fighter, darling. Well, what I I just got chills all over because when I was watching your oh. TEDx, this is what I loved. And it's kind of the shame shadow feeling. You said, I'm gonna be bolder. I'm gonna be more myself. I'm gonna be louder. I'm gonna wear this with pride. It's like r- rather than retreat or take it off or make it less bold, you're like, I'm gonna put my leopard print on. <laughs> gonna be my full self and when i think about what that did for your children you know what i mean to see you not retreat not to be smaller not to hide it you're like i'm gonna come out stronger and more bold wow good on you i found that so inspiring and it even gave me strength i i try to live my truth but even i was like that's a little harder than what i've been through and i she's inspiring and which is why i love you so much because i'm like wow that must have taken a lot of courage a lot of because that's scary like you said there's a with anxiety and depression it's more um ego with yours there's a little mm. danger you know that's I'm sure you had some fear right when yeah a little bit absolutely
0: so let's hone in on this fear Farah, because a lot of times this fear can be so paralyzing yes. and you know when you have so much fear it impacts your health right because you keep on thinking of uh, this and that, you get so scared, chest contracted, you couldn't sleep well, so it impacts your health. So how can we kind of embrace that fear? Because rejection, when you have rejection, is also the fear is gonna kick in. And the insecurity is gonna kick in, anxiety is gonna kick in. So how can we embrace this fear and even just have that little faith or have that little courage to take just one small step today and then one small step tomorrow what's kind of your advice in that area for uh, the women that are listening today
1: oh I always say if I'm scared it means I'm going to the next level (laughs) I turn it into a positive because if you're not not scared you're staying where you are and you aren't correct in yourself you're not expanding you're not growing you're not evolving so to me if it's just mm-hmm. a, a general fear of like, what's next, you know, I'm like, that's a good thing. That's a sign you're about to go to the next level. If it's true fear, like I felt with my TEDx, mm-hmm. I go to science and I do this a lot with my anxiety and depression too. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, you figured your flight, flight or freeze. Mm-hmm. Your amygdala has taken over. It's overreactive. If you breathe, calm down, calm down your nervous system. You'll get to prefrontal cortex, which is your higher reasoning, you know, and, and your mm-hmm. body if you understand how your nervous system works, you can calm it down Mm -hmm. and then move forward. And in more, you know, from a place of strength and clarity and peace. So I think it depends on what kind of fear you're feeling. Is it true? You, like you said, the butterflies and you can't speak and you're sweating. That's your nervous system. You can Mm -hmm. calm that down. If it's fear of like this job, I don't know if I can get that. And that's just, we're going to the next level. This is a good, <laughs> good sign. And I think, gosh, what, um, I can't think of her name right now. Who's the one that did the high five habit? What's her name? Do you remember? Oh, Oh god, Gabby just comes to my mind but it's not her. No, it'll come to us in a minute. Yeah, yeah. But she says and this is so true, your your body associates those nervous feelings with fear, but that's also excitement. So if you mm. ever have something to do where you're feeling fear, rather than saying I'm so scared, say I'm so excited. And so this mm-hmm. isn't nervous energy, this is an excitement. And you can almost trick your brain and your body into thinking this is like building up ready to do something really big and exciting rather than I'm terrified I'm going to die <laughs> so again it all yeah. goes back to me it all goes back to mindfulness what kind of fear mm-hmm. is this is it physical or in my head what can I do to then move past it so mindfulness is everything to me
0: beautiful and you said something that's kind of like on point especially in um, um, situations that you just got to breathe right you just got to breathe because a lot of time, and it's just like electricity. When you have the circuit, you have the light up at yes. the end, um, the reason the light, but it's not turned on because there's no electricity. It's not because there's any block. Yes. So for us to have that light bulb turned on is to, to breathe, the oxygen, the blood flow. Um, so kind of like the deep breathing, the slow breathing, mm-hmm. calms everything down versus the uh fast breathing which is you know like when you're running and everything um but okay princess munchkin what? is here she just woke up say hi to far mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> no, how are you <laughs> oh, oh so, i love that i love it so um so kind of talk us through that the the breathing method that well, you I have just, like,
1: yes i have the best thing so what happens is your your you know your breathing gets fast. You your body gets tight. All these things. Mm-hmm. So if you do the opposite. So when you're feeling tense, you release your hands, okay, and you relax your shoulders and you relax your jaw. So that takes away the tension. Instead of the fast breathing, you start to breathe really slow. We speak really fast when we're nervous. So if you can say things slowly, you know. So you're basically physiologically doing the opposite of everything you'd feel in a fight, flight, or freeze state. Mm-hmm. And it really works. I like to do this throughout the day, even, and this comes from Brendan Burchard, but through between each task, he says, relax and release. So you mm-hmm. relax your body and you release any limiting beliefs, stress, fear. And if you do that throughout the day, it doesn't build up, you know? And if you also know something's coming up, whether it's an interview or a performance or exam, whatever it may be, do relax and release throughout the day. And your body's just like, okay, we're not in danger. Everything's <laughs> going to be all right. And you, it's not that you're not going to feel any fear, but it's manageable. Right.
0: And even, uh, with, yeah. even with
1: my TEDx, and I think this is important too. When we're reaching for our highest potential, I was so scared. There was a few days and someone said to me, if you're not going to enjoy this at all, why are you doing it? <laughs> it was like, whoa, that's so true. I wanted this so bad and I'm letting my fear ruin it like, why would I let that happen? So I had to put some joy back into the process. And it just was a complete shift for me. So if you're going for a big job or anything, it makes you nervous. Like, put some joy back in the process. This is your dream. This is what you wanted. So yeah, absolutely. And just surprising me when you said, you know, you were so scared before the
0: talk, because I'm not, Kara just nailed it. She looks so confident in it. But th- that's the thing. People only see the front and Farah. They don't, they don't see all the bad things that you have yes. to do, all the number of time rejections. Like you said, you've gone through several rejections. Um, uh, even in the tech process, the preparation that you have yes. to do, the memorization, the story crafting, uh, you know, all sorts of things. But people only see the front end. and I'm like now I love you even more because I'm like just like me I freaked out in the green room I was doing the <laughs> I was doing the stretching I was like meditating because it is like you mentioned that full potential right when you know it's gonna they call it what the upper limit like you know when you, when you know you want to push through the upper limit like everything just like
1: well, I even, I, again, I'm a believer in science. I was doing the superhero pose because it's proven to reduce cortisol and increase testosterone. I was in the TEDx backstage with in my superhero pose. Like I've got this because you have to, even if you're nervous and feel like I don't got this, you have to trick your brain into body mm. and believing it. And then eventually you'll be okay. But this is another thing about perception. I was mm. going through some really hard times during that, mm. like really hard times. And the next day I was sitting on the side of the freeway on the way to airports, bawling my eyes out. Mm-hmm. So I was going through some personal hard stuff. And I was like, just focus on your dream. Don't let this ruin your dream. But then I was like on the free, I'm like, if people could see me, I got off in my red suit and my ted, and they could see me now, like <laughs> crying my eyes out on the side of the freeway on the way to the airport. They'd be like, what? So I'm a- I also want people to always remember again, and they know they know this, but they need the reminder. You're seeing people's highlight reel. You do not see the days I cried and cried with fear, you know, before that I had to bring myself out of. That, you know, even with the again, going back to anxiety and depression, I'm like, what if a future employer doesn't hire me because they see this? What if some guy I'm interested in dating doesn't want to date me because they see this? What if my colleagues don't want to like respect me? Like there was a lot of fear behind it. And I just had to keep no. No, this is going to help a lot more people if you again you go into something like that with service in mind and stop making it so much about yourself that really helps too
0: absolutely I love it like you know going in with being the service in mind even yes. just changing your body posture just absolutely. changing your breathing um because I remember um I met what is that guy said the wolf the Wolf street of Wolfgang the one that Leonardo DiCaprio plays I don't know his oh name oh my god yeah I forgot his name but I met him in London I think in 2009 and uh, he just got out of prison then or recently got out of prison um, but he says exactly what you said Farah change the way you stand that's going to yes. change everything and this is a guy who owned Wall Street at one point right wow. who was like the shock he's like change the way you stand if yeah. anything else, if if you're hunching and everything it's not going to look good so you did the superhero animal. Like, oh, yeah, that guy, that Wolf Street girl we're forgetting names. I today, know you but mean, but I will that.
1: never come up with his name. Yeah. Yes.
0: Um uh, so like um uh, change the way you stand. And I, and I think that for for everybody that listening today, change the way you stand, do the opposite of what your body is doing, yes. or the opposite. Um, if anything else, just lie down or drink water and sitting down or breathe or go to the grass um one thing I like you love nature don't you, you love the um animal um that you I saw like a little video of you with that beautiful horse I'm like oh my god just like my daughter and I just loves horses and I'm just like oh my god the way you you touch her her, her, her muzzle, the way like, I can feel just the love and the connection between you and her and that is just beautiful Is that kind of one of the things that um, calms you down when you around yes. animals.
1: I, yes, I, I again, I, I, I know I'm such a science nerd, but it works. I'm like, okay, what works? What's scientifically proven? Like equine therapy. Like, eating, mm. what's release oxytocin when you touch animals, and that's the comforting hormone you get out in the sun, you get your vitamin D, you get serotonin, dopamine, all these different things. And even if you smile your brain, it's hard to be mad, sad, or scared when you're smiling because your brain is like, <laughs> wait, this like, I don't get it. You seem happy. So I always sun smile and, and love on something. If I love on something, you know, it just changes me. Um, but I also wanted to tell you going back to the Wolf on the wall street guy, Steve jobs, before he'd go out on, on stage, he always said, be here now, Mm. be here now. Steve Jobs, you wouldn't ever think he was fearful or nervous or question himself. But even he was like, I need to be present in this moment and calm down and relax. And then I can do what I need to do. So I'm like, even someone like Steve Jobs, who people would assume, oh, it's just easy. No. No. He had a mantra and he did something to calm down his body and his mind before he would go speak on stage. So, I just want people to know we're all in the same boat. We all need something. For me, it may be animals and sunshines. For someone else, it's something else. But you need to find what is that for you and go to it whenever you need strength.
0: Absolutely. You know, darling, you can love me all you want anytime. got my cheetah outfit today <laughs> so uh, let's wrap up for today with one final question for okay what is one fun thing that you do that people don't know about and you can't say going for animals or hiking because we are not oh, know that
1: Well, I is dancing around the house. Is that a one a fun thing? I I will literally dance around my house because I I have Alicia Keys. She's on fire. Every time I start to feel insecure, I'm like, oh no, we need some. She's on fire, and I will even look in the mirror and I'm like, you are on fire. You got this, girl. Like I will talk myself up in the mirror with Alicia Keys, and even when I was doing my TEDx, I kept thinking she's on fire. I was like, it had it in my head and I was visualizing it. So I think if people could see me in my living room, building myself, my confidence up dancing in the mirror, they would laugh for sure, but it works.
0: (laughs) works. It's so cool. This Girl, Girl is, is
1: on fire. fire. <laughs> that is couldn't survive wonderful. without that song. I really
0: couldn't. <laughs> it is like a fire up woman kind of it song, is. isn't it? It's it just is. like and I even get the
1: snap in. I'm like, because she has a beat, and it's like, yes. yeah. I, I mean, you and I will go off beat all the time, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> we'll just be on whatever it's my we Which yes. is
0: wonderful. And thank you so much, Farah, for just having a fantastic time. You and I can we just chat the whole day. Oh my God. But oh, what an amazing person you are. And knowing it's just kind of like again, push through so many preconceptions, preconceived notions that people have about each other. Like if only you know we can live in a society, like my vision is to live in a society where not only we can be proud of who we are, but we're open to accepting each other's differences diversity makes us stronger so thank you Farah, for sharing your crew for
1: sharing your heart for sharing your voice um, on my show today thank you so much can i say one last thing i just want to yes. say what you see in others is also in you so when you look at people don't ever be jealous or compare their what they are capable of is also in you so let them inspire you that's the last thing I want. That is to say. beautiful thank, thank you. you i'm so honored so much. to be here thank you for having me it's my absolute pleasure.
0: And thank you so much for listening and watching. And everybody, this is your host, Dr. Iztihar Jamil. Tell yourself, yes, I can. And so it is dead. Done. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>